Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. This is our second episode of our second season. Uh, would you believe? It's just like our 53rd, 54th in total because we did 50 episodes proper last in the first season and then a couple of sort of specials, half episodes. So yeah, we, we've done quite a few. For the vast majority of those, I've been joined by my friend Matt. Uh, he was obviously here last week. However, Matt, with his stats, will be back next week. He's off this week. He's on holiday with the kids. So hello, Matt. Hope you're listening. Hope you're having a good time. I am joined, therefore, by a different friend, and this time I'm joined by my friend, Stefan. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, man, and you? I am good. Yeah, I'm good. Nice. So, um, for anyone who listens to this quite a lot, um, this is not the only podcast I do. I actually do another podcast, which is talking all things entertainment. I talk about TV shows. Uh, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, uh, Marvel stuff, and the person who talks with me on that is Stefan, and we happen to both be Spurs fans as well, so that works out well. Yeah, I think I've done two of these before, the Spurs you ones, have. I've yeah, stepped yeah, in Matt. I'm not as good as Matt, I haven't got his stats, but... No, it's mostly Matt and Stat rhymes, you need yeah. to come up with something that rhymes with Stefan. Yeah, there's not much with that one. I like to think I'm kind of like the lucky charm now, though, because last time I podcasted with you was just yeah. before the Ajax second leg. Yeah, yes. And you were convinced we were going to lose, and I told you we'd win it in the second half, and we did. You did actually, yeah. Yeah, you did actually tell me that. Weirdly, because I think on the podcast I was saying, yeah, no, I just can't see it, and you said, no, no, I think we will. But even weirder than that, we were messaging, and I think it was half time. we were 2-0 down, and I said, I just hope in the second half we come out and, you know, at least just play a lot better. You know, don't don't get embarrassed. And you actually, from memory, you messaged me saying we're going to win this 3-2. Yep. Yeah. And you were like, nah, mate, uh, I don't know. And then it went to 2-1, and I was like, that's one. And you started yeah. to sit, like, laughing emojis at me. Yeah. It got yeah, to 2-1, well, and I was like, I told you, it's happening, it's happening. To, to be fair, mate, the, the reality, or the odds of that happening are still, to this day means that when I do watch that back I have goosebumps I mean I wish I'd put a quid on it before the match if I'd yeah, put a no, quid no, on 3-2 yeah. before the match started I'd have loved it if you'd have put a quid on 2-0 down at half time winning 3-2 and going through I'd, uh, the odds of that would have been great perhaps people wouldn't have even offered you that <laughs> yep um, but yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, it's funny you brought that up though, because I actually saw that clip, the Lucas Mora hat trick. Uh, it was his birthday this past week. Uh, we posted on the page, happy birthday, Lucas. Um, but I actually saw shared by the Tottenham official Twitter account, that hat trick, you know, it was like, you know, happy birthday, Lucas. Uh, here's that hat trick for everybody. I can't watch that without having goosebumps. I do. I get like the lump in my throat. It was incredible. Yeah, that, that, Watching... when that third goal goes in every time, like the hairs on my arms stand up. Man, only sport can do that. You know, I was <laughs> well, I'm 28 years old, and that was the first time I ever heard my granddad swear. Really? Was when the ball <laughs> hit the back of the net. And I, I assume swearing with joy, not with not joy, these, with joy. Yeah. He's a yeah. He's a Spurs fan. He's not a Spurs fan. But he's a Spurs fan. He likes sports. Yeah. He loves yeah. all sports. Yeah, and that's good. if he gets to go to a football match, he'll always choose a Spurs game to go to and stuff. 
Well, as he should. You know. Yeah, I mean, who um, But yeah, he was. I took him to the um, the Champions League final. I watched it in the stadium. Yeah, I was lucky enough remember, to get tickets. Yeah. And yeah, took him to it and stuff like that. But yeah, only time I've ever heard him swear was that match when that ball hit the back of the net. <laughs> well, I don't blame him, to be honest with you. I, I don't think I was... I'm trying to think what I said, but I don't think it was even comprehensible. I think it was just gibberish. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was mad. I, yeah, it feels long ago now. It wasn't that long ago, really, no. relatively. But because we've had, you know, the end of the season and the new season start, it feels like a, you know, a lifetime ago. And I suppose we do need to kind of log it away now. Like, yep, yeah, that was done. That was in the yeah, past. Done that. We need to focus on now. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was something special. And we talked about the final last week, so we're not going to talk about that this week. But yeah. we do have a game to talk about, obviously. Yes. Um, we played Aston Villa, opening game of the Premier League season. We had the evening kickoff on a Saturday, which I always thinks weird having the evening kick Like the early kickoff and the evening kickoffs. Like if it's an early kickoff, I always think the players have got to get up early, go for your routine early. And when it's an evening kickoff, I always imagine you're kind of just like standing around for ages. So yeah, I always you can find imagine it gets games. to three o'clock and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of got to like adjust your routine to be a bit. But to be honest with you, that the kind of playing football three p.m. on a Saturday is kind of dead anyway. I think our players are so used to now. 12 o'clock kickoff, 4 o'clock kickoff, 2 o'clock kickoff, you know, yeah. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. It's, it's all a bit mad now. But, um, yeah, so we did play them. Um, Aston Villa took the lead. Uh, it, I don't know about you, but that first half felt very much like a lot of last season to me. Yeah, I kind of kind had of... this fear. Every time Villa got the ball in our half, it was like, oh... Yeah, early on, definitely. Yeah, definitely early on. It kind of felt like every time they broke, we were screwed. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like we didn't know where we were positionally, which was mad. Um, it did feel that way. I think as the game went on, I think uh, two things. One, I think we got control of midfield a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but two, uh, I think as the game wore on, just because we dominated the ball, their breaks away, if you like, were fewer and far between. Um, but the... Yeah, early on, it was like a real holy hell. Because, I mean, their goal really came out of nothing. Yeah, um, it was a, a great big punt. Yeah. Um, and a few times last season, that undid us. You know, we hold this high line. And I, and I kind of always have this, well, if you hold that high line, you do need pace. Now, Sanchez was playing, which is another subject we'll come on to. Um, so we had that pace. But for whatever reason, it, it felt like Rose and Sanchez between them, neither of them called for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of Sanchez kind of went up to challenge for the original, but it went yep. over him. Yeah, which then... is something I've seen happen now a couple of times with Sanchez. He seems to either it's the positioning gets wrong, or he gets sucked into that man. I was about to say and it what... goes over his head because it's happened a he... few times now. He likes to get tight, like he, like so. For example, if there's like a target man, and he sees the ball coming, he's like, right, I'm going to get to my man. And I think what he needs to develop. Um, which he will because you know he's still for a central it's defender crazy, especially yeah. yeah 23 for a central defender I think central defenders everyone kind of agrees they're in their prime like 28 to 32 33 you know they really it's a real 
position of experience. Yeah. So so his upside is still massive, and I think people need to keep remembering that because they look at it and go, oh, 23 is not young in football. No, but for a central defender, it is. You know, a world-class one, anyway. Oh, good. It's all about experience. You've got to learn. Oh, You've massive, got to play enough yeah. of it to learn the tricks yeah. and learn and how is. to hold your positioning, when to go, when yeah. to stay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's what... You know, you see Toby and Yan when they're playing together, and neither of them are lightning quick, but sometimes they look like they are. I know that's going to sound like a real stupid thing to say, but it's not because they're lightning quick, it's because they position themselves, so their angle of their run, their angle of their sprint, like, just makes yeah. it look like, geez, they, they were rapid then. Nah, they just knew where they needed to be, so they could just angle that run and take the person, take the player, you know, take the ball. Um, but Sanchez does like the physicality, likes to defend, you know, like he likes to use his body. And I think the striker for Villa on the day was like throwing himself around. Mm. And I think Sanchez sort of got it in his head like, oh, well, you know, he's a bit of a wimp. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just going to get in his face. And like you said, just completely misjudged it. But one of the things that we tend to do quite well normally is the fullbacks cover. Yep, but I think because of the nature of the way they just booted the ball, like it was a counter attack, it was a break. Rose was so high up, he was kind of retreating back into the position, and then all of a sudden, from retreating, he then had to like, oh crap, I need to be covering. <laughs> yeah, he's only came. I mean, to be fair to him, yeah. I mean, he got across. He, got he was unlucky. Really close, it was a, yeah. You know, he did get unlucky with it, but he managed yeah. to get back and across some distance. Yeah. He did, and I think another. See, I'm always trying to find positives. We won the game, so you know, let's let's try and find positives in it. There was a lot of talk about um, Danny leaving in the summer. Um, one of the things that always worries you when it's quite obvious that the club and the player are looking to sell, you know, or he's looking to move, is are they going to be as committed? One that game answered that question. Danny, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, well, what, like one hundred percent. Yeah, the, the guy just total commitment to the cause because a guy who wasn't committed would have just looked at that and gone, uh, "No, well, I ain't chasing." I ain't gonna get to that. I won't. Yeah, worry about yeah. It. Uh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll trot back. Oh no, look how close I was to getting back. No, yeah. he went for it hell forever. But two, the other thing is it it kind of showed for me anyway is uh, Danny's uh, the last couple of seasons just or three seasons really injury hell and. Yep. Last year was a lot better, but for me, and I think a few other people have mentioned it as well, I don't know if it's on the podcast, but pundits definitely have, is he doesn't look as confident as he did before, like in his pace, because he's probably terrified, oh, if I go full on, I might pull this or Yeah, that. something's going to go. Yeah, yeah like, you know, like when a striker comes back from a hamstring injury, and, and you know, they're like normally lightning, but they don't appear it to be. It like, takes a few matches to yeah. kind of go, oh. Yeah, and yeah. I think last season, just time and time again, I kept thinking to myself, you know, Danny's back, but he ain't the same player. I think against Aston, that that looked like Danny from a few years ago. That You know, he looked confident in himself that he isn't just going to break down any second. And 100% committed, and I think that's all you can ask of him, really. And, Especially um, in the situation, yeah. Yeah, definitely in the situation. I mean, before we finish talking about the game, let's touch on that. What do you think about the Danny Rose situation? Danny's a weird one because a couple of years ago he came out with those outbursts in the summer. Yep. And I remarked on the, okay, thank you. You've had your time at the club. You've done us proud. Get lost. Yep. Yep. I was, I was very yep. much. I was, 
I can't say I was anti Danny Rose, but I was very much a case if someone came in, he could go. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was pretty angry. Uh, I was pretty annoyed. I felt it was you know, a real. Was it, you need to sign players that I haven't had to Google or stuff, you know, things like that. Yeah, well, stuff that didn't need to be said. It, he was a senior player at the club who the manager trusts. If he went and sat down with Pochettino, Daniel Levy, and everyone who he had the ability to go and do that with, and said, you know, I'm finding it tough to ju- you know I've got offers to leave bigger clubs stuff like that we're not signing players we're not doing this we're not showing the ambition that I have yeah. give me a I reason to stand sort of yeah. yeah yeah so I felt um, and this is ridiculous and I've said this on the podcast before but I felt like really personally let down because I remember the time that when Pochettino arrived at the club we signed Ben Davis but one of the first things that happened was Danny Rose signed a five year contract yep now Danny got ripped apart. Like fans were evil to him online to the point that Danny Rose quit social media. Like he obviously read the abuse that he was getting from Tottenham fans yeah. for signing a new contract and was just like, Whoa, I can't deal with that, I'm done. Now, in light of everything he's talked about recently in mental health stuff, that has like a massive kind of oh wow, no wonder you know, how strong of him to quit social media yeah. because like I, I know sometimes social media can be so toxic and you kind of read stuff and then you reread it and you go over it. To have the, the strength to go, do you know what, that's really bad for me. Bang, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's quite impressive to me. Yeah, fair <laughs> so, play to him on that one, yeah. <clears throat> but I was like a massive supporter of his. Um, You know, when people... I, I went to a few games and like people were berating him. I, I would genuinely speak out, like, oh, shut up. <laughs> what are you doing? You're berating our own players. Yep. Um. So I, I felt almost like personally like, you bastard, which is ridiculous. Yep. You don't know me, so why should I take it personally? But I did. And so, yeah, like you said, you were sort of angry with him for doing it, get out of the club. I was possibly a little bit like angry with him personally, like, you bastard. And it wasn't until the mental health stuff came out sometime later and, you know, the reason, you know, the bad place he was in when he did that interview. Yeah, you kind of and go, I, oh, I was, okay, yeah. Well, I was just completely hands up, damn, you know, 100% you're, you know, forgiven. Not that you give a crap about my opinion, but, you know, I, I can't, I can't fault you, you know, that's the, you're absolutely right. But, um, yeah, the situation now, though, what, what, what are your thoughts on sort of where we are with him at the moment? Like, what's happened in the summer? Like, I don't want him to leave this summer. Yeah. Um, I want him to stay at least until January. At yep. least giving Sessiong a chance to kind of develop under him. Because well, I think yeah, Danny Rose could I be wanted. a fantastic mentor to someone like Sessiong. Yep. Young, attacking left-sided player. It'd be great for him. Uh, yep. Ben Davis, I'm a fan of Ben Davis, but I don't think he brings to the club or to the squad what Danny Rose does. He, he isn't... It's interesting with Ben, because... You don't ever think of him as like an attacking threat at all. Um, like I don't. Anyway. No, I, I think him as... very solid in defence. Very solid. Yeah, I kind of look at the two of them and I'd go, Ben Davis is a left back, uh, Danny Rose is a wing back. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's kind of how I think of it. Yeah. But I looked last season, do you know, over sorry, over the last three seasons where they've been playing pretty much even amount of games between the two of them, yeah. Ben's got more assists. Oh, really? He actually, he actually has a higher crossing accuracy rate and a higher take-on rate than Danny. 
Now, I think that could also echo back to Danny not feeling confident in his, you know, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not confident. I'm not going to take that someone. man on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that could echo back to that, but I was shocked by that. Yeah. It's from the Opta website, so anyone can go on and check it out, but it, it was kind of like, wow, that, that done, that, you know, visually, watching the games, and for my sins, by either being there or TV or... Um, the magic box. Uh, I watch every Tottenham game every season. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to, to to visually to me be like, nah, that don't. Yeah, no, that like, can't be right. But I I expect you know if we're playing a team that's going to sit back and we need someone to get at them, I go Danny Rose. If we're going to play yeah. a team that we know are going to play a very high line and very wing focused, my brain goes, well, get Ben Davies in because he's a more defensive force. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, to hear that's a that's a shocker. The thing that Ben does as well with the squad, you know, because Ben signed a new deal in the summer, and I was I was really happy with that. Because the thing he does bring to the squad as well is he can play central defence as part of a three, yep. um, and he does that for Wales brilliantly, you know, and has done for some time, and he can do it for us. And I genuinely believe having that versatility in the squad when Pochettino likes to keep the squad quite small, I think it's really important. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you because it means that. You know, you could be middle of a match, pick up an injury somewhere. Yeah. Look at Ben Davies on the bench, for example, and go, right, if I bring you on now, I can bring you on yeah. as a centre-back or a left-back. If yeah. we score a goal, I can push you out onto the wing more. If we can, Or push you yeah. into the centre more. If we can see the goal and we need to go for it, I can push you out wide. It, and yeah. it, take, it, does, it saves a, almost saves a place on the bench, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Well, it does. And if you look at Vertonghen and Alderweireld as well, backs. both of them... You got it, yeah. Both of them are just accomplished central defenders, and as a centre back pairing, have been phenomenal internationally for the best part of a decade. They were the left back and right back. And look, uh, it was against Dortmund, wasn't it? Yeah, Vertonghen played left yeah. back ridiculously <laughs> well. Super Jan, yeah. Everyone just went, okay. The best left back at the club's probably our third, fourth choice. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> He's our centre back. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing I think. You know, age kicks in a little bit. He ain't going to be able to do up and down all game, every game, no. every week. But the options there, like you just said, you know, all of a sudden, by having these players who are versatile and able to do that, it, it sort of curiously the options. But but circling back, because I've gone off <laughs> the tangent again, to like to Danny. Yeah, keep um, him around at least till January. I, I'd like him to sign a new deal personally. Well, he's got a two years left, so he's got this season and next season. So it's not quite the pressure situation like we've got with Toby, Yan and Christian yeah. at the moment. But at the same time, the club, uh, Daniel Levy's focus has been on the stadium. We all know that, you know, the, for the last however long. And because of that, contracts, signings, you know, stuff like that has kind of really slipped. I, you know, I, I think it's fair to be critical yeah. on that point. Um, and because of that... We've got the three players winding down their deals now. Next summer, I think we've got five who move into their final years. So uh, one of them's signed a new deal. Sorry, Ben signed a new deal. So so I think it's four. So Daniel's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he always yeah, has. Yeah, he doesn't take it easy, man. <laughs> nah, no. I, I think he'd get bored. He's one of those people, I think. He's only happy when he's stressed yeah, out. Yeah, I've got a space in my diary next Friday. What can I do? What can I do? Yeah, yeah, I know, I'll build a new stadium, sod it. Um, yeah, by the way, just again, a little tangent. Have you seen that we've increased the capacity? Yeah, again? it's not by a mass, but it's just a little <laughs> no, bit. No, 
No. So basically, when when they first built the stadium, they worked out that there was space to add like another. I think it was like another five thousand seats. But you can't until you've done all the safety tests and all these things. You can't just like go. Ah, oh, well, you know, I've got planning permission for sixty-two thousand. I'll stick another five thousand in and put a planning application in. So what they've done is in these little sections when they've tested it and gone like, yeah, this works well. We can add the seats. They then got back into the planning for like an extra hundred at a time and stuff like <laughs> that. Um, I dare say this is going to go on for a little while where it's just like a consistent, ah, great news, everyone. We've got like 50 more seats. You can imagine <laughs> it every match day, every home match, we've just got yeah. an extra 50 seats available. Yeah. A, a season ticket holder sits down and is like, who the hell are you? You weren't yeah. here last week. What the yeah. yeah, my leg room's gone, you bastard. Who the hell are you? Yeah, why is there um, someone on my so, leg? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, no. Look, if Daniel could do that, he would. Yeah, you got your season ticket, and then you got a lap. Ticket. Yeah, all children under six can get lap tickets. <laughs> do, do you know what? I don't want him to hear this and think this is a good idea. I'm going to cut it. You cut this from the podcast. Edit guy, cut this. No, Dan, Daniel listens. No one, no one do it. Um, hundred yeah, thousand so, in the stadium mate. because everyone's brought their little ones on their lap. Yeah. <laughs> oh god <laughs> somewhere there's a safety inspector's head exploding at this idea <laughs> um <laughs> uh, there we go now, talk about me going off on tangents but uh yeah danny's got two years left i personally you hit you said something earlier on which is what i felt ever since we were linked with him and that is i cannot think of a better senior professional to work with ryan sessignon day in and day out than oh, danny yes. rose so I would be really disappointed if he was allowed to leave this summer. I think if a big offer comes in, like Paris Saint-Germain have been linked with him a lot. And I, I'm not talking about a massive offer for us as the club. I think for us as a club, it's going to be like 20 million circa like yeah. the trip here. But if an offer for Danny comes in that Danny wants to accept, like, you know, this is serious money for me for a few yeah. years, then I would not begrudge him making that move. I would not think, ah, oh, you've let us down or anything like no. that. I would, I would think to myself, okay, you know, thank you, Danny. You know, you've been with us for like eleven, going on twelve years. Um, yeah, go, go and pick up a couple of easy French. That'd trophies. be my thing. My thing <laughs> with it, I wouldn't want to hear him give the same interview like Walker did when he left, with the whole, yep, yeah, I've joined this no. bigger team to win trophies. I, I don't no, think I mean, Rose it... would do it, but I, if he went to save Paris Saint Germain. Where you know he's guaranteed a league trophy, a cup trophy, a domestic cup trophy, that sort of thing. You pretty much guaranteed yeah. if you had a PSG. Uh, so I wouldn't want to hear him say something no, like that. I mean, the, I mean the main factor and the difference is that Carl Walker's a e, okay. Yeah, just 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 saying that. Um, <laughs> he, he for whatever revisionist thing he wants to put out there. The facts are simple. We were in the middle of a title race and he handed in a transfer request. Not a written one, so he'd lose his loyalty bonus. He went to the manager and said, I've got an offer to go back up north. I want to go. And like fans are like, oh, why did Pochino stop playing Carl? His head weren't in the club. Because he yeah. Dang, yeah, he danged tools. He was done. And he can say whatever he wants about, oh, no, no, no. I was, you know, I was committed. I was this, I was that. You cannot know when there's still games left in the season. If he'd waited until the summer and had gone to the manager and said, I've got this great offer to go back up north, you know, I really want to go. I, you, I think Pochettino would have just been like, okay, if you want to go, 
we'll, we'll get the best money possible. But yeah, yeah if you you've been there for ten it. years. Thank you very much. You've been brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Just, just off you go. And unfortunately, like for like for me, he kind of tainted because I liked Carl at Tottenham. Um, I think he was a calamity at times, and his pace got him out of it. And I still see him doing that for Man City at times, and I crack. He up. does it for England as well. I'm he's like, not actually that good a defender. Oh, yeah. He's just very quick. No, no, he is very quick, and it gets him out of so much trouble. And it drives me insane when you hear pundits ask oh, a great recovery from Carl Walker. I'm like, no, don't don't miss out the fact it was his balls up that meant he had. Yeah, to he was massively out of position. Make... He was just quick enough to get <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, oh, oh, that's a phenomenal recovery. He gave the ball away. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> the, the least he could do was win it back. <laughs> but yeah, it's a madness to me, and it still exists. And uh, I've got a friend who is a Man City fan, a proper season ticket holder, lives in Manchester, and he was over the moon when they signed him. And I said to him, I said, look, this isn't Sarah Grape. So, but after you've been to watch a few games, I'd love to know your observation of him, because... You know, it's something I've got, and I'm going to write it down. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say it. I just want you to come back. I think he watched two games, and he came back. and went. He makes so many mistakes, but then bails himself out. I was like, "Yep, <laughs> there it is. Yep. <laughs> yep, right there. There it is. You will never know." Um, but yeah, so my opinion of Cobb was destroyed um, when he when he did that because we were in a title race. Yeah. You know, people can say, "Oh, you know, we were so far behind," and you know, perhaps he wasn't the reason. We didn't pick up the extra points, but he could have been. Yeah. You know, him being committed, and and also think of the effect they would have had on the other players, because that wouldn't have been a secret. It's not like Carl would have said that to the manager and then kept it to himself. He'd have told yeah, everyone. And you think that's the case of wow, we we're in for a tro- like we're in a title race here, and that's still yeah. not enough. So yeah, and that's and you're off because. Oh what they're they're gonna triple your wages stuff like that. and of course the effect that has on the players oh right so we're earning X Carl's earning this and he's gonna go and triple his wages yeah. elsewhere because it did have a knock on effect remember Eric Dyer suddenly was then linked to that Man was United. it yeah you know I I want to go to Man United Danny Rose wanted to leave he gave that interview that was you yeah. know. It really, it caused a lot of problems, and it all stems back to Kyle, for me, being Just an Just wanting ass. a bit more money. I mean, um, I can understand, like, in any type of job, if you worked, for example, in Tesco's, and someone was earning the exact, like, doing the exact same job right. in Asda, but three times the money. No, I... It's you know? the thing I've I got to reiterate. I have no issue yeah. in going for more money. I have no issue going to Man City to but win just stuff. just the way you did it. I took issue with when when he yeah. told when he decided. You know, he'd basically been left out of a game because Pop rotated the fullbacks. Yep. It wasn't like, oh, you're dropped. It was like, I'm rotating you, you know, we're doing this. And he just went, no, no I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm off. You know, I'm done. And, yeah, he's an ass. Pochettino's um, known for those rotations. Yeah. He he likes to keep the squad fresh. It's a high intensity. Well, keep them fresh. Yeah, the fullbacks, the fullbacks, especially in that season, Danny Rose and Carl Walker were the best fullback combination in Europe. I'll stand yeah. by that. They, they were phenomenal. And the reason, a lot of the reason why they were that good is because they were kept fresh. You know, they were rotated. They did play the big games and played a few games, but any sort of cup game, anything like that, Ben and Kieran came in. You know, they they were just rotated and kept fresh, kept fit for an entire season. They were up and down the flanks. Constantly. Yeah, if it wasn't such a high-intensity match they were going to play, put Ben and Kieran in. Yeah. Let them get the match yeah. fitness, yeah. let them get the match practice on. Yeah. Oh, we're now playing a big boy. Right, you two are in. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you just kept them fresh, and they kept you know, so every game they played, they looked phenomenal. And for him just to take that moment to basically quit, yeah. uh, it sucked. And like I said, it completely tainted his time with us for me because up until that point, he was like a player. Yeah, I like Carl. You know, yeah, he's a calamity at times, but yeah, it's yeah. Carl. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, like I said, that completely tainted it for me. And yeah, I I don't know where we're gonna go though. So again, back to Danny Rose. Back, uh... Yeah, back back to Danny Rose. Contracts wise, uh, Daniel Levy really needs to work hard to get some stuff done. I'd like him to stay, but I would completely understand if an offer comes in for him, both the club and the player would have to consider it because next summer he's into his final year. Yeah. Um, you know what? What the club financially needs to look at this. Especially if we're about to lose three other players for nothing. Yeah, financially we can't afford to Which, lose that many players. No, you, you can't you can't take three and then with Danny four first team players and lose them for nothing. That's you know, that's I think my crazy. thing would be I wouldn't like to see Danny Rose playing against us. No, Carl Ward plays I don't I, care I, about watching Carl Ward from Man City and all that lot, but I think play, certain players not many, but certain players. Like I never liked watching Peter Crouch play against us after he left. Uh, you're I'm a, a fan massive of fan Peter of Peter Crouch. Crouch you know, <laughs> well, he's a massive he man. Um, but yeah, little, <laughs> there's certain players where you watch them turn out against you. Aaron Lennon is another one. Def- Defoe, yeah, Defoe, Defoe was one for me. Lennon, I hate yeah. you. I was at a game yeah. and Aaron Lennon came off the bench. Uh, it was Burnley uh, last season. Lennon came yeah, off the bench and it was cheer. his welcome back. Aaron Lennon as he came onto the pitch and the whole yeah. stadium applauded him and I was like oh I yeah. don't want to see you against us well you know, there's another player who had mental health yep. issues as well um, you know really struggled um, so yeah they, both yeah, both him and Danny Rose came from Leeds interesting um, perhaps we really ought to look after a young Jack yes. Clark <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jack needs a hug everybody um, but yeah no nah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, I'd be a proud. The whole of Leeds has just um, switched off. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole, everyone in Leeds is like, what are you trying to say? Um, I uh, contracts just to finish on that before we go back to the Villa game because Jesus, me and you. Half <laughs> hour ago, we started talking um, about Aston Villa, and yeah, yeah, and we'll get back to them. Everybody knows we won. It's fine. Um, I, I think there are solutions available to every problem we have in front of us, except for Toby. I think Jan Vertonghen would sign a new deal with pay parity without a doubt. He's really happy. He loves it. Uh, yeah. We'll come on. We'll come on to talk about him and his situation a bit more in a minute, but he, you know, he's happy. He said it. You don't say that in the press. If you're trying to negotiate or, you know, strong arm a new deal. I think the guy is happy. Um, you know, a, a journalist called Alistair Gold uh, wrote a piece for Football London, and he he pointed out that on the pre-season tour, Bochicino, Harry Kane, the coaching staff, Jan Vertonghen, and Daniel Levy would go out to dinner together. You ain't gonna have a crappy relationship with a player. And go yeah, out oh, to I hate like the that, manager and the chairman, yes. but oh, sushi. Yeah, you're not gonna do it. You know, <laughs> no, it just it just ain't gonna happen. So. Um, like I said, the only one I think is just a no-go, it's dead, is Toby, and that's just because of the relationship between his father and Daniel. I Levy. heard, isn't that, it's getting, um, slowly getting better, though. 
uh, <laughs> the fine's slowly getting better. Um, he was banned from attending games, banned from ever stepping foot on the training ground again, and now his father's allowed to attend games, but nowhere near Daniel Levy. So he's left back in the stadium. That's a, that's a step, baby steps. Okay, baby okay, steps. okay. Yeah. So I suppose, I suppose, from that point of view, yes, it's getting better, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is optimism at the odds, its finest. Yeah, the odds of them. I don't know. It's one of those things because. I would love more than anything for all three of those players to be retained. Um, I think it would be worth its weight in gold to retain all three. But at the same time, there is just so much water under that Toby Bridge. I just can't see it. I just like there's so much stuff behind the scenes that has been said and done. Like it's kind of like public knowledge now, and. It would take such a massive climb down from one or both sides. Yeah. Ego steps in, you know? It just ain't going to happen. those whole, yeah, you mess us around. No, you mess us around. No, we'll find worry. Yeah, that's, that's how it feels. I mean, again, a bit like with Danny when I said earlier on, the main thing is if the player's committed, and Toby appears to be 100% committed still, the, the trick will be come January, because, of course, in January, he's allowed to speak to other clubs. Yep. If he then agrees a deal to go and sign for, you know, whoever, will he then still be committed in the back half of the season the same way? Will the manager still want to be picking him and relying on him in the same way? It puts Pochettino in a really difficult position. And this is the same for Jan, this is the same for Ericsson. Because if they're still here, but in January they've opted to move elsewhere, the manager from day one at arriving at our club has been, if you're not committed, you're gone. You know, if you're not committed, you're dead to me. Does he put them all in the under twenty threes? <laughs> what does he do? They're free thir- first team. Imagine players. the results our under twenty threes could get though. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they climbed the Premier League two table without a doubt. But I, I'm just saying, what what do you do? Because if you've had that principle from day one, this is his sixth season with us. Do you just abandon that? What what message does that send to the rest of the squad? Oh, well, in that case, it doesn't matter if I don't care yeah. <laughs> because because the manager's abandoned that clearly or worse which is a them and us situation where you're feeling like there's a divide in the club between the senior pros and the rest of us like, oh right okay if i kick off i'm i'm bombed out of the club but if ericsson won't sign a deal and is ready to go to someone on a free he still gets played every week what the hell yeah so it's difficult it is to like putting the manager in like this ridiculous awful position that he could potentially be in come January and that's where I think Daniel Levy needs to be working around the clock to rectify it he needs to get those deals done well transfer windows closed you know all he needs to be focused on right now don't get me wrong I'm sure there's a million one things that guy's got to deal with day to day but for me his focus should be contracts getting those players signed up getting the players you know because that Christian Eriksen thing he wants to go to Spain. He's, he's he's been quite open about it, you know. Like I said, and he did it in the summer. The season was over. He told the club first, then he told the press. So he's not gone about it in a snidey, horrible way. He's not forced it. He's played very well when I've seen him in preseason. He's looked happy. He's looked, you know, he's looked as committed as he yeah. ever does. He's sort of one of those players that looks kind of a little bit lazy when he's not at all. Um, but. He hasn't had that move. Like they've not moved for him. Now it's quite possible with their window closing in a week or so, 
he'll get offers then, and then we've got a decision as a club. Would would you sell him? Let's say Juventus. No, let's say Atletico Madrid, Real, or whoever will come in around the forty million mark. Would you sell him? <sighs> it's tough. Keep keeping in mind, he's had a deal on the table which puts him in parity with Kane as the top earner at the club, and he's not signing it. Yeah, you kind of. Oh, it, it sucks because yeah, money speaks. And if he's not accepting it, then it's a case of you're not going to accept it now, you're not going to accept it in the future. £40 million for yep. you, you're not getting any younger. Nope. It's a good deal. Well, then think about the fact as well, if he doesn't sign, he doesn't leave, then in January, like I was talking about with for free, yeah. Toby, he can talk to other clubs and agree a deal to go for free the following summer. Now, if you're a, a top European club, think about the way Juventus recruit. Juventus basically tell the player in this situation, like they did with Ramsey at Arsenal last year, don't go anywhere. In January, we'll agree a deal with you. Yeah. And so the player could be getting told by multiple clubs, just stay where you are. Rather than us trying to negotiate with Daniel Levy, which is hell, we'll just give you £10 million in your pocket if you... Hang on. Yeah, let's be honest. No one particularly likes talking to Daniel Levy, do they? No, and and that's and that's kind of a big thing in this, which is if you were Real Madrid, who have basically had their pants pulled down and your testicles plucked by Daniel on a more than one occasion. Yep. <laughs> are you going to want to enter? Are you know? Are you going to want to enter negotiations with him over this player, who you can get for free next summer? Yeah, it it's uh, yeah, it's a no brainer. It is a no-brainer, and that's that's where the problem is because I think we will get some low-ball offers. I think we could get like twenty to thirty million offers for him right before the deadline for these other leagues, and we're then in this real difficult position because you take it, you lose the player now, and we can't replace him. Yep, you know we can't do anything in the market till January, um, but at least we didn't lose. Which him we would free. do in January when he talks to European clubs and goes, "Oh, you still want me? Brilliant." Yeah, well, I tell you what. Instead with, of yeah. giving me the uh, them thirty million for that, give me ten million signing bonus. We're done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing is, you can look. I, I find it difficult to begrudge a player that. I find it difficult to begrudge him the fact that it's like, well, you know, if I sign this new deal with Tottenham, and then I'm allowed to leave next season, a club has got to spend a massive fee on me. If I run down my contract, they'll give me a massive fee. Ching. Yeah. I can't begrudge someone that, you know, it's just human nature. Like you said earlier on, if you're working in a job and someone says, hey, when your contract finishes, if you come over to us, we'll give you, uh, you know, 50 grand just for joining us. You're going to go, yeah. oh, okay. and I'll be on, and, and I'll be on more money every week as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Done, <mate. laughs> yeah. Where do I sign? So, like I said, I can't begrudge him at all. And I completely get it. And like, it's just, I'm I'm a Tottenham fan. So from my point of view, it's, why would you ever want to leave us? We're amazing. Yeah, if you're if you're getting first team football, and you're playing yeah. in a squad that's got the togetherness that we've got, it does yeah. generally. I look at some of the people that have kind of gone. I'm like, why would you want to leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Now you've just said the togetherness that we've got, which kind of lends perfectly into me talking about Jan Vertonghen. Yes. So Super Jan. Um, there was a lot of rumours out there of what happened. 
But basically, Supriyan was not even on the bench for the game against Aston Villa. In fact, he showed up and watched the game in the stands with Ryan Sessegnon and Deli Alli. Now, that itself is what fixed the whole situation for me. Okay, (laughs) Okay. now, when I saw the news come out, I saw it on the Spurs news page. Like, Vertonghen wasn't in the squad. Good good Uh, plug, man. Good plug. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no, why, why is he not? I mean, I know... The European deadline's still there. Has someone come in? Has, yep. And I'm thinking to myself, right, who else is looking for defenders and being turned down a defender? Well, a lot of clubs wanted uh, Matthias to lead and didn't get him. Have they now turned? And I'm starting to panic because I don't want to yep. lose Jan. And then I started watching the game and one of the first things they showed was Deli Alley, who's injured, Ryan Sessegnon, who's picked up a tweak and not fit to play, and Jan Vertonghen all yeah. sat in the stands. And I automatically went, well, okay, if Jan's pissed off, he's not going to be sat there watching the match. That's someone committed well, to a team who wants to see them win and is there supporting yeah. them. So this says to me, we've got the Toby situation from the beginning of last season. You've reported back to pre-season training. You're not 100% fit yet. He's not going to play you. That's Posh's theory. No. The the rumor is, and no no inside information here. This is just the rumor that has come out. Now I talk about this quite a lot. There are certain journalists that are part of the press yep. pool for Tottenham, and just from running the page for so long, I've got to realise which ones actually know stuff, yeah, <laughs> and which ones are just basically. If you work for the Sun, they're full of crap, right? That's a little basic rule. But it's just which ones are just talking absolute nonsense and which ones actually probably were there at the training session when something happened um one of them he works for the times and he after a day said that basically pochettino wasn't happy with his level of fitness coming over pre-season and his form so dropped him to the bench jan threw a massive drop which if anyone has ever realized this jan does do that yeah. <laughs> um, so Pock absolutely, you know, went okay, fine. You're not going to be in the squad at all, and he only found that out whilst he was there. So we had two choices: he could have left the stadium or go sit in the stands, and he, he elected to go sit in the stands. Um, there are there are two ways of looking at this. Um, if he just left the stadium, then none one would have been the wiser. You know, did he have a knock? Did yeah. he not? By staying, he was able to tell the press himself he was fine and not injured, and generally cause more of a a stir, if you like. He's a bit of a prima donna, really. Um, he's a little bit of a drama queen. He he's a I, I love Supriyan, absolutely love him, but it is well documented that him and Pochettino have full on shouting matches at times, and the manager even said in his book, he's like he challenges me so much. And he, but he talks about how he likes yeah. it. He likes the fact because Harry Kane's the same. Apparently, Harry Kane, when he gets something in his head, is a nightmare. He's like, he will, you know, you will listen to him. And Jan, Jan's like yeah. it as well, which to me is no coincidence that Jan and Harry are the two voice captains. Oh, exactly. I think it was um, Pochettino <laughs> said, yeah. was it? I think it was last season, maybe the season mm-hmm. before, about that he believes Vertonghen would be an incredible coach. Because every yeah, yeah, day in training, yeah, yeah. I'm telling him to do yeah. something, and he's going, why? <laughs> well, what yeah, about why this? am I doing why, it that why, way? Why am I doing but that? I'm a yeah. defender. I don't need yeah. to do that. Why do you want me to do it? 
Oh, yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, I think at times that must be. <laughs> Can you imagine? Thing. If someone is literally challenging you on everything, right, Jan, just do just do a couple of sprints. Why am I doing that today? Because you just need to do a couple of sprints, Jan. Yes, but what is my motivation? Jan, I will stick a rocket up Yeah, it was like having a toddler around almost. Like, okay, we're going to have lunch it now. literally why? would, yeah. And it's lunchtime. Yeah, yeah but why? Yeah. Because someone said 12 o'clock is lunchtime. Yeah, but why 12 o'clock? <laughs> I mean, I think the thing with Jan is this weekend's going to be telling. If him and Pochettino had a bit of a bust start and Pop made the point of if you're going to shout and rave in front of everybody, you're going to get treated like one of the kids, <laughs> um, then naughty stepped his ass, but the next day they were fine. I think if there were issues, the press would have picked up on it in training. I think if there was ongoing problems that you know, yeah. this week, it would have leaked from the camp because stuff like that tends to. Um, I mean, God, but, yeah, look at the old, uh, was it Mourinho and Pogba? Every oh, yeah. day, <laughs> yeah, oh, Pogba yeah. gave him a funny look today. There's been yeah. nothing else said since the no. match day. So. No, nothing. So I think um, the, the the only indication really we're going to get is uh, when we play Man City this weekend. Now, if Jan plays, then as far as I'm concerned, I'm just going to forget the whole thing. Yeah. If Jan doesn't, but he's on the bench, then I think, again, it's just a little bit of a... All right, fine, but you're not going to walk straight back in, you know? Yeah, you're um, naughty. Yeah. Right back in, yeah. But if he's not in the squad again, then, yeah, I am going to start thinking, okay, we got a problem here. Hmm. Um, because, again, he's got one year left on his deal. Have we got another situation where we got two central defenders and our playmaker... Uh, basically running down their deals? <laughs> so Yeah, as yeah. much as I love Foyth and Sanchez... I, well, I don't not... love them enough yet to be oh, full on replacements. Oh, they're not there yet. No, yeah. they're not there yet. Um, in an ideal world, Super Jan and Toby sign two to three year extensions. Yeah. And then by the time both of them leave with our full blessing to whoever they want to go to, um, you know, Juan Foyf and Davinson Sanchez are two accomplished they defenders. just step in and take over. Well, well, they've just been under the learning tree the whole time. And like a lot of people, like I said earlier on about Davinson, he has developed since joining us. You know, oh, I've yeah. seen him do stuff now uh, with his feet and stuff that when he first joined, no way. You know, he was lump it away. But he's now hitting these diagonal balls like, well, he's trying to be Toby. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we but saw he, Toby play, he has played some beautiful, he, like the Deli Alley goals, him and Deli Alley, yeah, the goals, yeah. those two together. Mm-hmm. Just those pings. If we can get Sanchez to even like three quarters that good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right now he's Michael Dawson level with it, which is basically just lump it. Yay, someone ran onto it. I look great. <laughs> but the fact is he's now doing that. He's looking for it. He's developing as a footballer. And he's doing that because he's under the learning tree of Toby. Yep. You know, he is working with him day in, day out, looking at his game going, what can I check? You know, Toby is an accomplished world-class central defender. I want to be that. Yeah, what can um, I do to make it? And the thing as well with our manager in particular is work ethic's massive. So, you know, Juan and Davinson, the reason why our manager liked them so much is because they clearly have got a work ethic and are hungry to learn. If they didn't, you'd bomb them out. God, <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, so, uh, that, as we just talked about Jan missing the Villa game, let's, let's finish talking about the Aston Villa game. <clears throat> we did come back and win the game. Um... Do you think Ericsson changed the game, or do you think the change in formation changed the game? Because it happened at the same time. 
Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's jumped onto this whole Ericsson thing because of the situation. I agree, yeah. If it had been, I don't know, for example, uh, Ericsson had started, Lamella was on the bench. Yeah. Lamella had come on, we'd changed the formation, and he'd popped up and had a hand in a couple of the goals. Yeah. It would have been a case of, oh, yeah, Harry Kane got us the goals. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, think... I mean, it, it isn't like Ericsson came on and got three assists. No. <laughs> He literally came on and the tempo changed and everything. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to belittle his contribution because I think the guy is still a great player for he's us. He's world class when he's at the top. But I do think our formation change was the key factor in us getting that extra body into the attacking position. Yeah. Um, you know, what did you think of Undombele's goal? I mean, what a strike. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, when the ball <laughs> dropped to him, it was it Kane played it back to Mora. Mora uh, yeah, just Lucas laid it off a, to him. did a bit of his, you know, footwork again, where I thought, oh, he's going to hit this. But that's what I thought. I was like, here we go, here we go. He laid it yeah. back. My first thought was, that's Sissoko. And I was like, oh, yeah. crap. Yeah, we're, we're going to come like, on to... Wait a minute. <laughs> here we go. Oh, yeah. So, so basically, I want to I want to do a, a genuine recreation of a commentator from the Aston Villa game. Okay, you ready? Yep. There's a ball coming across now. Oh, it's an open goal, Sissoko! Throw into Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. What the hell, dude? Like, so we brought Sissoko, <laughs> and when we brought Sissoko, he was his attacking French midfielder. That had, had a great tournament with France, and you I was destroyed like, "Destroyed us in the last we, game of the yeah, season." Absolutely destroyed goals. us, and I thought, "Here we go." We've, you know, it's a lot more money than I would have paid for him, but here yeah. we go. Big first strong season, he'll add goals. First season, I was like, "Oh my god, we have been conned." He can't even play football. Yeah, he can barely move. Like, yep. I'm thinking, like you know, this is a serious con artist job here. I think he obviously yeah. has the same agent that worked with Stoke that got them like three Barcelona players. <laughs> You know, I'm no, thinking I'm... this is like what is going on? Last I... season, absolute yeah. machine. Yep. One of the players of the season, like in the top three players yeah. of the season for me last yeah. season. Yeah. Um, the mentality the guy's got to go through that much crap to come out the other side. Yep. Yep. I just wish he had shooting boots. Uh, mate, I mean that's beyond ridiculous though. It was an open goal. Yeah. It isn't like he there was like he didn't need to drill it. He didn't need to do anything. He literally needed to put body on, but not even foot. He could just have shinned it, touched the just ball, put it in the direction of the goal. It, the, if it gone out for a goal kick, I would still be going. My God, it was an awful miss. But dude, it went out for a throw in. I know. I think <laughs> I, I genuinely, genuinely believe his confidence is just like. I don't even believe he shoots in training anymore. I think his confidence is that low. Mate, I think he is so used to being a defensive midfielder, he's just clearing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a goal. Got it away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, oh, I'm the man. Uh, I... What, what do you mean I just... didn't want to clear it? Would you... No. Uh, oh. I, I got a friend, right, who, who goes to a lot of games. He isn't a season ticket holder, but he goes to a lot of games. And he says to me, every time he picks the ball up around 30 or so yards out, He's convinced he's gonna he's gonna hit the top corner this time. He's gonna shock everybody, <laughs> and every time it like throw in. I mean, Rose he hits Ed. the top corner, but unfortunately, yeah, the, the, of the, the stand. stand. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately, he takes the chip guy out in row C. Um, the bit I love no. the most, though, is that I've been to a few games last season, and it is, he gets the ball around the box, and the whole stadium goes, shoot! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then about Why a second not? later, they go, no, Laugh. maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> well, uh, when it went out for a throw, we were still 1-0 down, right? Yeah. I was killing myself laughing. Even though the game situation was dire, I could not stop laughing because the amount of times I have had this running joke on Twitter with people, which is Sissoko's through and goal, just to keep it a beat, he's round the keeper! Throwing at Aston Villa. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. The amount of times we've had this running joke to actually see him that close to goal hit it out for a throw, I was gone, I was helpless. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, he, he he ain't a goal scorer. <laughs> but no, but fortunately, I think in the middle, that's going to be... Yeah, but fortunately for us, Ndombele appears to be able to hit one. Um, I felt that his debut looked like he was nervous. But after that goal, we started to really see the player I think we've signed. Yeah, I mean, um, and again, he's so young. He, he is so young. He uh, you looks know. older than he is. So I didn't yeah. realise just how young he was. No, no, I know, and and he is only going to get better. Massive, massive upside, um, which is kind of what you pay the premium for when you've got yeah. a player that good at that age. You're, kind you, of, you're not you're... Play, paying for this season, you're kind of paying for next season, the season yeah. after, the season after. Yeah, agreed. Now, it's going to be great to see him against Man City, because, of course, Man City were one of the clubs who were really interested in signing him. Yep. Um, so, hopefully, he'll have a bit of a, you know, a bit of proving things, but... Um, Kane finally scored in our stadium, which is something which was a madness. It hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, he scored and to make August, it and twice. <laughs> I mean, he scored to make it two one. Um, his first goal, and I mean, I celebrated that like a loon because obviously we turned the game around, but also yeah. just the fact that Kane has scored in the stadium, so that was great. How good was his second goal, man? Yeah, just composure. He he's so clinical. I watched that happen live and it felt like everything slowed down and there was only one thing going to happen. When he took the touch, took it onto his right foot and he bent it around the defender, to me it was like, that's a goal all day long. I, I could like see it playing out in slow motion in my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was no way it wasn't going bottom corner. Do you think that we've become completely spoiled and complacent as to how good that man is? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to compare him to the the big ones, so to speak. Yeah. But you know, I I know that I've got in terms of importance to us. Then hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but that's then that's the other problem. Like, I I still believe as a team we play better when he's not in the squad. You as are an, talking. Bollocks. No, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. When he's not in the squad. <laughs> And the likes of Son and Moore and stuff like that. We seem to play a more passing game. But the difference is the same with Barcelona and now Juventus with Ronaldo. When he's on the pitch, the focus seems to be, we know his magic. That makes sense? No, you're talking bollocks. I will not have this. I will not have this, Stefan. I will not have this stand. I've read for so long, oh, we're a better team without Kane in it. No, I didn't say we're a better team. We play better better as a team. You said we're better without him in the squad. Your words. Okay, I meant better. We play better as a team. As in we are more of a... When Harry's playing, we know he's going to do the magic. 
And so I sometimes feel is, a couple of players kind of relax a little bit, that, knowing yeah. he'll do the magic. So what we're saying is everyone else is shite, but Kane's amazing. Not everyone. Everyone's shite. You just said the whole rest of the team get lazy when Kane's playing. But then you would. Look at the Barcelona and stuff like that. Messi's on the pitch for Barcelona. <laughs> exactly the same thing. Get the ball to Messi and he'll score. If if I was a Barcelona player for the last decade, my whole remit would have just been given to him. Exactly. And that's what I think the Spurs... I, that's what I don't want Tottenham to turn into. In, in, Iniesta has basically built a career out of that. <laughs> Iniesta, Xavi, a lot of them, yeah. The I, best I midfielder in the world. That's fine because I can pass it five yards to him. <laughs> yeah. Assist. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I've got like 800 assists in La Liga. Oh, wow, how did you manage that? Oh, basically, I gave it to Lionel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on the yeah. halfway line. Yeah, he and he, and he, he, beat, he beat 10 players and then rang the keeper and scored, but I gave him the ball, assist. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, like Tom Carroll's amazing assist to Bale against West Ham. Exactly, anything yeah, like that. Much, just... Yeah, um, I, I find that whole we're a better team or the team plays better without Kane and it really difficult to get my head around. I, I understand the thinking in as much as, like you said, that other people then raise their game because Kane's not on the pitch. Sonny, for example. Son without Kane on the pitch, I think he's just world class. I feel like he loses a little bit of that attacking edge. Do you, Well, that's, that's surely Harry. a reflection on Son then. That's a reflection on his mentality that he can't produce the same level of performance. Oh, 100%. No, I'm not saying it's, it's Harry's fault as such. I'm just saying, like, yeah, that would be Son's mentality is we haven't got Kane, I need to go score goals. Yeah. Kane's playing, oh, we've got Kane, I'll stick out on the wing a bit more, let him do it. Yeah, no, see, I, I don't know. I, I find it difficult because I, I think when Kane plays... He's under a microscope, like most great football players, they become under a microscope. So, oh, yeah. against Aston Villa, for example, at half time, I was reading comment after comment after comment of, well, what's he doing? What's he done? He's crap. He still don't look fit and all this stuff. The reality is, people watch a game and when they see Harry Kane, if he hasn't scored, he's crap. He's having a bad game, yeah. God, yeah. He's, not fit. he's not fit. His mind's not on it today. Yeah. It, now again, I, I'm a I'm a bit of a nerd for this kind of stuff. But anyone go onto the Opta website. Yep. Harry Kane made more runs into space and drew defenders left, right, centre, all over the place than any other player in the Premier League in the opening weekend. So yeah. what that so what that tells you, and there was actually an article written about this in. Um, uh, one of the papers, I can't think which one. If it comes back to me, I'll say it. But they basically said ominous signs for Premier League's elite. And the whole article was about the fact that Kane, in the whole of last season, didn't do that. The guy was knackered. He'd had the World Cup, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then he had that injury. In previous seasons, one of the big standout things about his game was his constant movement. Yeah. And he had it against Villa. The guy was consistently dragging people left, right. There was space created for Lucas and when Sonny's back from the suspension for Sonny. And that's and going to be the difference. If Harry can stay like that and keep dragging players that around. That is going to be the big difference, yeah. Because if you're a central defender and you're looking, you're up against Tottenham, you've got one of the best strikers in the world, which means he has to have your attention. There's yeah, no two ways about you're it. You're going to put your best defender on Harry Kane. And if he tries to run in the space beyond you, you've got to go with him. You can't let him have a yard. Harry gets a yard near the box, he'll score. Mm-hmm. Not just in the box, near the box. <laughs> you know, yeah. Anywhere around it, 
he can do what he did against Villa with that second goal. Just pick out the bottom corner. Keeper's got no chance. So you cannot give him that space. You've got to stay on him. But if Harry does that and it does create a hole, you've got players at Spurs now, like the Celso who we've signed. Yep. You've got Sonny. You've got... Lucas Laura. loves the little pocket oh, absolutely space. Yeah. loves it. And we've got Delhi. Delhi, when Delhi first come onto the scene, him and Kane had this amazing season together because Kane would do that and Delhi would go through. They were setting each other up for goals for fun, if you remember. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, Kane's run off to the edge. Why is Kane yeah. running to the... Oh, Delhi's just scored. Because Delhi, yeah. Because oh, Delhi's in the middle. Okay. Yeah, and that, that was how it worked. And so th- this kind of notion that we were a better side without Kane. Last season, he was knackered, and quite possibly, on occasion, fitter players and everything could have been better, and he was coming back from injury. But the, the idea that we drop arguably the best striker in the world, to me, batshit crazy. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, yeah. Um, I've just seen some breaking news as we record this, Oh, okay. and it's made me laugh. Macclesfield Town part ways with their manager's sole Judas Campbell. I added a bit of that. Um, after only eight months in charge. Oopsie. <laughs> God, that man's yeah. an asshole. Oh, give me a chance. I'll be a great manager. I've got a great footballing brain. And after eight months, I'll get sacked from Macclesfield. Oh, <laughs> par- par- apparently they parted by mutual consent. Which means either we're going to yeah. sack you or you can say you can leave now and save face. Guy's an ass. Guy oh, that's made me happy. He's such an ass. But um, yeah, my friend. I mean, we we've talked all around it. We did finally manage to talk about Aston Villa result. Um, I did put a post on our Facebook page. I know this is still early into the season, so to speak, for um for the podcast. So there's possibly not much to say. Um, Marty Ost. Did ask a question. He said, "Has anyone else managed to watch La Celso's YouTube clips without getting a boner?" I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> well, 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 Marty. Um, I twitched, uh, so you know. Yeah, um, I, I, I have managed it, um, but I'm a little concerned for you and your uh, good lady that the La Celso does that for you. I don't know. Have you for... seen some of these? Oh, some of these moves. Though. I can understand. I have genuinely never been sexually aroused by watching men's football, but each to their own. No, <laughs> n- hey, man, no judgment from me, pal. Whatever does know. it for people. Peter Crouch scoring that goal against Man City. That uh, that did it for you. <laughs> Lucas Moura scoring that goal against Ajax. I mean, there was times oh, I've yeah. been close. I, I've had some truly sexual moments, but, but never just watching a game gone, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that, that's just me. <laughs> Call me a weirdo. But anyway, um, we will be back next week, or at least I will be. You could be, I don't know, but we'll have to see. It's going to be a nice surprise, whoever joins me next week. If we now beat Man City 3-1, like I expect. You think we're going to beat them 3-1? Three, they're going to score first. Yeah. Get a little Cause complacent. Because that's, that's what happens. Because that's what happens. They get a little complacent. Yeah. They're going to have a goal disallowed by VAR, and then they're going <laughs> to score three goals. Okay, if they have a goal ruled out for VAR, I will laugh my ass off. Especially if they're 1-0 up, because then you start getting worried. <laughs> um, but 
if um if we beat them three one, then yes, you are coming back on the podcast next week without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game. I'd be happy coming away with a draw. If we win, they're phenomenal. If we lose, at least we're playing them bloody early in the season, getting out of the way. Yeah, um, exactly. I'll take a nil-nil board draw right now. Not many teams are going to go there and come away with three points over a season. No. Hardly anyone's going to come away with one even. So to come away with something is done well. If we don't, then, you know, we dust it off and we move on straight away. Yeah. Um, it's only the second game of the season, so it's a good time to get out of the way. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, it's done. Big thank you for stepping in this week, mate. No, uh, I hope fun. you've enjoyed it. Um, we, well, we as Spurs News will be back next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.